Well, hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Bottomless Coffee. And for the first time ever, I interviewed with a guest. We had a really great conversation. And then I requested a do-over because I felt like there were some things that were left unsaid in that first conversation. Uh, and so we, we're circling back the very first time ever uh, for a conversation with uh, Devin Nielsen. How are you, Devin? I'm doing, I'm doing great. Doing great. Yeah, feeling good. Good, good. Now, you can come to us by recommendation from uh, David Russo of Cheeky Charity. Uh, and with David, we were talking about colorectal can cancer. I swear I can pronounce it. I swear, colorectal cancer. <laughs> it's there. It's in there. It's a tongue twister. And I know, I know. And you're a dancer and an advocate um, for early screenings. And so I want to first talk about dancing, just to get to know you a little bit. Uh, so you, you any good? For sure. You a good dancer? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I do what I can. <laughs> No, I do. Okay. I do love dance and I love, I love to perform. That's kind of my, I feel like I'm, I'm a performer. Um, so dance came to me later in life. Um, actually mm -hmm. I didn't start dancing till I was, I was 23. Um, oh, but wow. so early on when I was, yeah. So when I was young, um, my neighbors had, so I kind of learned from my older sister. My older sister was kind of my muse i guess you could say but um she oh. i kind of followed in her footsteps yeah so my my mom kind of put me in what she did um she oh, we sure. did my my neighbors ran this like performing group and um and so we like did that as kids and then i did my first musical when i was in third grade uh it was like a collegiate oh production gosh. and yeah it was awesome and then i played oliver um, but yeah, I, I was first introduced to dance from my older sister. I, I watched her dance growing up and she was a cheerleader and, um, yeah, just watching her. I remember the time that I fell in love with it was she was dancing to, um, Celine Dion. She was, she was on like okay. this company. She was dancing to, to Celine Dion. That's the way it is. And that's the song. Oh, and sure. like, I can envision her dancing and um just seeing they were in they were in purple outfits and i was just like i want to be up there oh um, i want to do that and yeah. yeah but um but being a boy you know and wanting to pursue acting and singing and dancing didn't really fly too well um where i came come oh, really? from and my background yep um so i didn't think yeah. about it i didn't think about dancing and doing that as as a career until like i said i was 23 and then i decided to Kind of go after it so i studied musical theater at brigham young university in utah and oh, sure. byu yeah. yeah so that's B byu so, yeah so. so i am not a stranger to performance i did go to a performing arts high school um in georgia okay. nice uh, where i was i Amazing. we called it vocal so it was just like a choir um and also i was in dance as well i was in i was uh, i was not good I would say in general, not good. Um, but, but I took ballet I and it. modern and jazz. So um, are you like a musical okay. theater kind of performer or are you in a ballet company? Like what's the deal there? Yeah, so currently I'm on a, um, it's called Odyssey Dance Theater. Um, and it's a, I would say, I mean, we do all styles. So it's 
tap, ballet, jazz, modern, hip hop. Like we do all sorts of styles. So well, I trained more, I would say like musical theater, jazz, ballet, tap. That was kind of my forte. But I did study modern, did study contemporary, a little bit of hip hop. So yeah, just kind of like jumped into everything I could to try to learn as much as I could. And it's still, I feel like I'm still learning, still developing, but this dance company has helped me a lot. And yeah, it's been amazing. So Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. So I know um, from the benefit of emails and a previous conversation with you um, that you are a show must go on kind of person. Uh, we had initially had like a slight bit of trouble scheduling a conversation because you were performing. And I come to find out you were performing on a broken toe. <laughs> yeah, I know. Crazy. I don't know. So our opening night. So we were doing we were opening four different shows. Um, so we would do a dress rehearsal and then we would open the show. Dress rehearsal, open the show. And it's been crazy. Wow. But our first show, dress rehearsal, I broke my toe. I like did a lunge into another dancer and my toe just like split and it just like yeah. Anyway. Luckily it wasn't my big toe, it's like my second toe, but it still was very painful. Oh. And so I so I've, uh, yeah. I know. It's crazy. We're crazy. I, I love you. are yeah. like, oh, it was but, only uh, one of those auxiliary toes. <laughs> who, <cares? laughs> who, need, who needs that one? Just just cut it off. <laughs> right. Oh, man. But, well, yeah. um, I do want you so anyway. to get that toe looked at because I, I, I like you. Uh, I am a proponent of health and healthy living. And we're going to talk yes. a little bit about that today. Um, you know, I myself, I'm the co-chair, currently co-chair of the Public Health Advisory Committee for the city of Minneapolis. Um, this podcast is leaning uh, pretty strongly into like public health matters. And you're coming on not only as a dancer, but also as an advocate for, I'm going to get it right, colorectal yes. screenings at an early age. Yes. Um, and I'm just wondering, how did you... Thank you. There was a pause there. Yes. There was pause. I applaud you. I applaud uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> I will hold for it. <laughs> how did you come to advocacy? Yeah, so um, my... So this all came about probably around 2017. Um, my world kind of came to a crazy halt. I talked about my older sister a little bit already and mm. how she was a, a big impact in my life. Um, and she was diagnosed with colon cancer, colorectal cancer. See, I struggle with it too. But she was uh, diagnosed with that. Did it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, she was diagnosed with that um, in, I think it was like late 2017. Um, like I'll never forget the day where I was, like where I heard about, I, I was driving in the car. I was performing at a theater actually in my hometown. Um and I got the news and I just felt like just wave of emotion. Like I don't even, I was confused. I was sad. I was depressed. Like, how do I help? Um, it was, it was a really hard day. And, um, um so she, this is, what this happened is was she was where, pregnant. Yes, go ahead. Yeah. Well, this is just kind of where I think I messed up last time. What was your sister's name? Oh, Yes. Uh, my sister's name is Amy. Amy. 
Amy. And you were telling us that Amy yeah. was pregnant when she got this diagnosis. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah, so, um, so Amy was, yeah, so she was pregnant. We found out she was pregnant with twins. And she went in for an ultrasound, and they found a mass in her colon. Um, yeah. And a biopsy of the mass found that it was cancerous. Um, so, and she was 31 at that point when she, when we found out, um, so early on, early, like crazy. And so she started some chemotherapy while she was pregnant and, um, yeah, just, so then we, yeah. And then we thought she was cancer free. Like they actually treated the, the cancer, the babies were fine. You know, she had the babies, they removed the mass, um, treated her with some more chemotherapy and then thought she was cancer free, but then it had spread. And that's, and so she metastasized. And so age 34 is when it took her, but it was three years, but she was three years. Yeah. Three year battle. Now you are, um, if I recall correctly, you are babysitting for at least one of those nephews now, aren't you? I am, yeah. Ben- Bentley is her oldest, and that's so. Yeah. Well, see, I didn't want to. I know this is one of the things, and you had mentioned previously that um, because you were babysitting, maybe uh, Bentley would want to come in and listen to the conversation because we were going to be talking about his mom. And then when I went mm-hmm. back and I listened to the conversation, I said, well, if Bentley gets to be a little bit older, um, we didn't talk about his mom enough, you know, if he listens to this. Yeah. And so I just wonder, you know, what was Amy like? You know, you, you say she was a performer, uh, twins, gracious. <laughs> Great, right? What was she Craziness. like as an older sister? Um, so Amy was like, she was so, what's the word? To me, she was just like a light. I just love, I just, as a kid, I wanted to do everything with her. I remember I would drive her crazy because I wanted to play with her and her friends. Um, and yeah, like I just always wanted to be around her. Um, I remember I just, she was so kind to everyone she knew. Mm. She was so gentle. Um, she definitely had her moments of like, Okay. Ah, get away from me, you know. Yes, yes. Because uh, I was that I was that little brother that would push the buttons. Um, oh sure. Yeah, she was. She was just. She, yeah. She was just this kind-hearted individual, and anyone who knew her just felt that and felt their love, her love. Um, she was a hairdresser, um, and mm. so you know she uh, she just created beauty in people she made people feel good not only on the outside but as she i just remember as she would do their hair she would just make them feel inside good you know like her she would touch them um yeah was she she easy to talk to i feel like um beauticians are those people that you can just tell your whole life to in like 30 minutes or less oh my gosh (laughs) yes Yes, and that was definitely Amy. She would just listen and listen, but then she would also give her two cents. And she would mm. always she would always say like, "I may not have words uh, like profound words to say, but I'll give what I can give if if you want to hear it, you know." And and she would. And to yeah. us, I I just remember 
I just remember being so, I didn't get close to her until, like, closer to her until a little later in life when I moved away to school and was kind of coming into my own as, uh, as a member of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, and she was, you know, she was the first one that I was able to really talk to about being gay. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah. And... And I could just, I felt like I could go to her for anything. And she was just such a supporter and just wanted me to be happy. And, you know, it was, was hard for me ally? to talk to. She definitely, yeah, definitely was an ally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she was so, incredible. <laughs> she uh, she sounds incredible. She sounds incredible. I wish, um, I wish I'd had the chance to meet her. I'm going to ask you a few more questions about her. Just if that's okay to yeah. flush out some things you've already said. Um, so of course uh, she, thirty-one, pregnant, hairdresser. And then um, she's diagnosed. I think you said earlier she went in for an ultrasound. Yes. Yep. And that's how they found the mass. Yeah, and that's how they. That's how we even knew anything was, was wrong. That's where they found them. So yeah. I, from our conversation with David, he said the uh, doctors are now recommending that people under or at age 45 get screened for colorectal cancer. But Amy was 14 years below that age threshold, let's say. And so there was really yeah. no way, even at the time, that she would have known to, uh, to ask her doctor to... To do to to screen for yeah. that just in case, um, because people aren't weren't aren't aware of it now and certainly weren't aware of it then. Is that right? Yeah, totally. I mean, we had no inclination really that she was having any kind of you know. I mean, I think I know that my we didn't know we had any kind of family history, and um, my mom had some like colon issues, but other than that, there was no sign of anything really. Um, I did find out that she was kind of having some things of like symptoms of colon issues where it was like blood in the stool or like irritable bowels, you know, and, um, yeah. but the doctor was treating her for something different and didn't even, you know, didn't, we didn't think to screen at all for polyps or colon can't, you know, like who knew? So, well, I think only very rarely do we second guess what our doctors say, um, especially yeah. when it's something yeah. like hemorrhoids, that's kind of a relief, right? Oh, good, it's only hemorrhoids. Yeah, it's just <laughs> a hemorrhoid. <laughs> exactly. Don't look any farther. But really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, really. Like, oh, that's what it is. Okay, we're good. We're good. <laughs> yeah. Because that can be an uncomfortable. She, th she... That can be a very uncomfortable thing, you know, like talking about the colon and your bowels, and like it can be uncomfortable. So. Yeah, but yeah, well, she um, so she gave birth successfully. Twins. Yep, beautiful twins. Love and the then, twins. And there was more treatment, and then um, I guess I guess the technical turn is she went into remission, uh, but the cancer had spread mm -hmm. to other parts of her body. Correct. Yeah, and we didn't find that out for because she went in for screening, a screening, found out she was in remission. Um, and then I guess she went in 
I think the timeline was about six months later when she had another screen and they found that it had spread to her liver and her lungs. And um, mm. that's when they started trying to fight that. Um, yeah, and then she started growing. We don't know exactly when, but she started um, growing a tumor on her spine and she had trouble walking at, at certain points. Mm. And then in the early, like January of 2020, um, it, it paralyzed her. This tumor that had grown on her spine paralyzed her. Um, she was she was bedridden for the last seven months of her life, and yeah. which was hard. That was the hard, really hard part to to watch and to see someone not be able to take care of themselves and move like they want to, or move with their kids, or yeah, it was really really hard. But. And we so I previously had a guest on here who uh, was a dancer, a ballet dancer in particular, and um, when COVID spiked the covid one the first the first spike um <laughs> yes. he got shut down he couldn't dance anymore and he was like oh my gosh my mental health is suffering basically i can't do the things that i want to do but that was just uh, a dancer similar to your sister mm-hmm. who just couldn't had to stay home right like that was the mental health impact yeah. of someone yeah. who just you know couldn't be dancing much less being confined to a bed or a chair or what have you. Um, yeah. Oh, my heart goes out. And for you to be able to <laughs> empathize with that as a dancer yourself, that must have been yeah. emotionally very difficult. It, it was. And I wasn't, I was actually not living here at the time, but I would come and visit off, you know, often as I, as often as I could. And yeah, it was, I think if I were here, it would have been even more emotional draining. But when I when I would come home and see it, you know, it would just. I remember the last when I came home with like the last few weeks of her and just you know seeing where she had gotten to and she, I know she got really depressed um, at, at certain points mm. in because she, you know she just couldn't do anything and she just was dying and she knew it and it was. Yeah. It's just, it's traumatizing, you know, there's, there's trauma there for sure. Um, but yeah, I, it was, it was hard, hard to witness that very hard to see her just struggle, but she did the best she could to, to keep her kids, you know, them there with her and to like know her and she would read books with them. And, um, I, we have pictures, you know, of the kids just climb just around her, just reading and. Wonderful. Yeah, it was it's it was beautiful, but yeah. <laughs> good, good, and that is yeah. that experience, that trauma that you mentioned, is what spurred you to become uh, an advocate for uh, early screenings, at the very least, for colorectal cancer. Yeah, yeah, Definitely. rightfully Definitely. so, because I don't, having gone through it yourself, I can see. Why you'd be like, no, listen, you really have to pay attention. You really have to talk to your doctors about this. You really have to, um, you have, you have to know that this can happen to you because it happened to me. It happened to my sister. Um, and there's really not as much awareness on this issue as we would like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know, like we talked, I didn't know anything about it until this happened, you know, and who knows? And if we can raise awareness and save a life, you know, that would be yeah. amazing that's what we hope hope to do so yeah get screened here, go get here. screened <laughs> go get yeah. screened 
Okay, we are going to emotionally regroup, take yes. a coffee break, and then <laughs> we're going to talk. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk prevention um, and the things that we could do differently in our lives to avoid, uh, aside from getting screened, to avoid colorectal cancer. <laughs> Be right back. Hey everybody, bivalent boosters are now available. You can schedule your appointment through your primary care physician, or if you're in Minnesota, you can go to the state-run vaccination sites at the Mall of America in Duluth, St. Paul, Rochester, and Moorhead. Disability accommodations are available upon request at those state-run sites. Right now, most people are not up to date on their boosters, and we need to turn that around as we go into the cold season. Please get boosted. You do not want COVID-19. It's just not worth the risk. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. Okay, everyone, we are back with Devin Nielsen. Uh, we had a pretty emotional first segment where we talked about kind of uh, from Devin's perspective, kind of the, the emotional impact of a family member going through um, colorectal cancer treatment and what's this like, especially when it catches you by surprise since um, his sister was younger than the recommended age for screenings. And now we're going to talk about prevention and how we can do whatever we can to uh, kind of not have that happen to us. Um, and so, you know, I want to say thank you publicly because I don't, I know I thanked you in the, in the coffee break, but I want to make sure everyone knows I am thanking Devin for being vulnerable with us. Um, and as we're yeah. talking prevention, I want to also acknowledge that lots of people are gonna get colorectal cancer at some point if they don't take steps, uh, to kind of monitor their insides, make sure everything's working <laughs> inside the way that it's supposed to. Um, and That's so true. I think yeah. one of the things you mentioned was diet, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So um, it's interesting. I was going to kind of talk about the statistics and stuff of colorectal cancer, what you said, like a lot of people oh, yeah. hit us with will them. get. Yeah. Um, the, so the American cancer society talks about um, how there's, there's just a statistic of one in 23 men will get colorectal cancer and cancer and one in 25 women will um, have colon cancer in their life. Um, and mm. so in 2022, it's there's um, about 52,000 deaths that will come from that. It's like expected from colorectal cancer. Um, so, wow. hey, we're here. If we can like stop one of those deaths like that is that would be incredible, you know, um, but yes, so as far as um, our diet and, and that goes, um, it's, it's interesting because um, they talk about red meat. A lot of red meat can um, affect our colon as well as any processed, mm -hmm. processed meat. So things like a lot of things they talked about were like beef and pork um, and lamb was another one. Interestingly enough. Lamb, and then, oh no. <laughs> I know, right? Like what? I thought lamb was um, safe. <laughs> yes, dang it. Um, but yeah, lamb and then any processed meat such as like your lunch meat. So like ham, like the, that you get from the store or like hot dogs. Bologna. Bologna. Spam. Yes. Things like that. 
um, are also big things that cause issues in our colon. Um, so yeah. staying away from those are what they recommend to do or having less of those things. Now, is that processed meats in particular, or is it processed foods in general? It just said processed meats. It didn't say, I haven't researched That's anything. That's good. That's good, because I eat yeah. a lot of cupcakes. And okay, I wanted to... <laughs> Me too. Me too. So, oh, okay. yes. But although I know, so this was one thing that I, because I have a thing with sugar. I do like my sugar. And I remember when my sister was alive, when she was here with us, she... um talked about how sugar was something that feeds cancer and it can feed off of, you know, it can like enhance those things. So staying away from sugar is probably a better option, but you know, if you don't have cancer, like that's great, but <sighs> that's something that can, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, well, I mean, that's, know. there's like a lot of sugar and a, a lot of things too. So I'm thinking, yeah. I'm going to say refined sugar in particular refined. is the there one you should probably stay away from the most. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, but they, you know, things like we hear all the time, like things, um, leafy green vegetables, though, those are good to go to leafy green vegetables. Um, there's also, uh, like fruits, like our fruits, even though they have sugar, that's like a natural sugar, if that makes sense. You know, we have our fruits and veggies, <laughs> so go towards those. And then whole grains, whole grains, like studies have shown that whole grains help um, with the fiber and whatnot, a fibrous diet. And so go to your whole grains. <laughs> okay, I can do that. Yeah, I lo actually really love leafy greens. I eat a lot of spinach. I eat oh, a lot of kale. Uh, and I I have whole grain toast in the mornings for breakfast with peanut butter. Nice. That's usually what I do. I love peanut butter. And Seems I love, safe. Right, well, it does. Right? Just hun a little bit of honey. You know, I have a little yeah. little sweetener on there. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I see. I need to be better about my my greens. I'm not great with my greens, but so I'm trying. I'm trying to be better about those. But, yeah. So I believe in you. I believe Thank you can you. do better. Yeah, <laughs> help me yeah. do better. Um, okay, but it's not just diet, right? It's also like uh, there are other lifestyle factors. Yeah, there are. Um, studies have shown that obesity, like being overweight or obese, have um, higher risk of developing colorectal cancer, um, and a sedentary lifestyle. Um, you know, and it's it talks about like I've researched a lot on limit the time you're sitting or lying down mm. um those can and it's in, it it seems it makes sense to me this may get a little personal on the personal side but for me it's sure. interesting like as a as a dancer um we stretch a lot um and i'll notice if my back or my hips are tight and i'll stretch them mm. um i'll notice that things loosen up a little bit more down there and sometimes uh, oh you know, okay sure Yes, like I'll I'll feel the difference. Yeah, um, very personal. Somewhere. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Very <laughs> very personal. Um, but yeah, it's just and so for me it may it makes sense that being being active and staying um whether it's flexible or just having some kind of program where you're walking and keeping your body moving will help to flush out the, you know, everything that goes through our body because what we in, what we ingest obviously is going through our colon, you know, so the things that we take into our yeah. body are going to affect our colon. Um, 
and that's why diet has such a big part of it and then exercise as well i feel you know um but being obese you know that visceral fat that is our surrounding our organs affects the way our organs function so but eating right that's gonna help i remember fat and <laughs> yeah i kind of remember when i was in biology class um and i don't remember if this was high school or college but they they had a diagram and it was like if you've got the fat in this area and it's like kind of below your sternum and above your waist like because a lot of people carry like a lot of fat there they're like that is yeah. trouble <laughs> like you yeah. yep. like That's back rolls fun. those are fine back rolls <laughs> <Yeah>. are fine <laughs> back rolls. it's yes. that like band in the front that uh causes people trouble yeah yep. so i am i think bad. i have a pop quiz oh shoot okay i'm ready yeah you you want it Deb? you want the pop quiz um tell me oh. what you ate today Deb. oh crud. okay i ate a peanut butter <laughs> and jelly sandwich with my nephew it was on whole grain, a whole grain nice. bread. Um, and then it had some chips. My mom bought these new queso ruffle chips. Okay. And I ate the, a few of those. Okay. But they were great. So. Well, those are processed, <laughs> but they are, they are not meat. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm good. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's okay for colorectal. It's probably yes. a problem with other things. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I need to be better. I need to, like, I should have had something better. But that's, like, you know, it's what it is. But that's all I I've eaten today. No matter so. what, you're always going to have room to improve, though, right? Like, yes, we all unless, are. Unless you're one of those people that's, like, living on their own land, growing their own food. <laughs> um, it's, like, hyper-local, and you know exactly what it is. There is always going to be some downside table. to whatever you're eating, but... Yes, yeah definitely but to yep. minimize to minimize those downsides it's leafy greens not processed and you did not mention alcohol which uh i was kind of relieved by uh, yes. but i suspect is that something is... that's on the list as well yeah it is actually um and i was like do i but so they they recommend um obviously cutting it out but if the, for those people mm. who do drink um, they do recommend not more than a glass of, or like a drink of alcohol, um, one a day for women and two drinks for men, not going over that. And it's interesting that they say two drinks for men because it's more, it's found more in men. So I don't know why like two drinks for mm. men is okay. And one drink for women. I don't know. It's really interesting. Um, but then something yeah. else I wanted to mention I, um... too was, yeah, go ahead. Oh no! no you're I was fine. just going to talk just... about alcohol, so you go. You go ahead. Okay. Well, let's not. Let's talk about alcohol. <laughs> I was going to say I had two glasses last night. Okay. Well, there you I go. I had two so... glasses of wine last night, and I noticed it this morning. <laughs> Got it. You're like, ooh, I feel that. Yes. But you you met your quota. Yeah, I so could have good. cut it down to one. <laughs> <laughs> what's your What's your drink of choice? What's your wine of choice? Red wine. Red wine. Okay. Ooh, I like um. Like something in the Chianti family, okay. uh, yeah. something with that kind of that cherry, like pucker. Okay. Ooh, I love pucker. I like it. Love it. Nice. Yeah. I don't drink yeah. myself, yeah. so I can't, it's, I can't say what that oh, tastes gotcha. like. Oh, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Well, thank you. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. 
Cool. Do you drink coffee? Um, but the other thing I was, I was, I do not, I don't drink coffee. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. You're still, you're still allowed to be here. That's yeah. fine. Tell me what's okay. the other thing. Thanks. Thanks. I'm glad. Ooh, I started sweating a little, started sweating a little bit. Woo. <laughs> um, no, I was going to talk about, um, so they also talked about vitamins and minerals, which was interesting and like having mm. correct, you know, like the proper vitamins and minerals. But, um, the one that got me was vitamin D deficiency. Uh, vitamin D is okay. one that they say is, um, linked to having a deficiency linked to coal or rectal cancer. And then, um, calcium, calcium was another one. Um, so there's, they they believe that, um, working hand in hand, calcium helps to, mm. um, flush out calcium, whatever, anyway, absorb calcium. And so having the two work together kind of helps prevent colorectal cancer. Um, yeah. Yeah. This is sparking some memories. I think it's that the calcium helps you absorb the vitamin D. There you I go. Think, because I am lactose intolerant and black. And so I I'm like my husband is like, you got to have some calcium because yeah. the, the sun already can't get to you. I'm like, all right, you're not a scientist. You don't. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. You're just yeah. gay and concerned. It's not it's different. It's different. That's amazing. I love that. But yes. Um, yeah. So, yeah. you know, I'm also yeah, not a scientist. You... And so I could be wrong on that fact. No, I think you're right. I think I can't remember what all the ins and outs of it were, but yeah. So something with the, the yeah. two working together work really well to prevent yeah. cancer. So, but then the other big prevention yeah. is getting well, screened. Get nope. screened. Yeah. That's what I'd say. Yes. So. Okay. If you find, so uh, I'm, I'm guessing yeah. you get screened. Yes, I did. I did get screened after we found out about the colon cancer. Um, and, and how often do you get screened? So it was recommended for my family in general to get screened every five to 10 years now, um, just to kind of keep up on everything. So, And that's starting at what age? Oh, man. So when I got you start... mentioned the nephews and the niece, maybe the kids. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, they'll probably start getting screened, screened, screened. Um, I would say in their early twenties, like or early late twenties, because my brother, so my sister, my baby sister is twenty one, and she just got her first screening. Mm. Um, so I would say probably around okay. that age is when they'll start doing that for them. But yeah, crazy. And if you are, if you, yeah, yeah, gotta give people the information. Um, and if you are under any if you're at any age what are the symptoms that you should look out for uh we already mentioned yeah. weird poop i think yes in the previous weird one poop. <laughs> <laughs> weird poop um so yeah it's mostly if you notice any changes in bowel movement whether that's frequency not being able to hold your bowel movement um that's another symptom a diarrhea constipation and just Irritable bowels in general can be a sign or a symptom. Um, also, blood in your stool—that's another another big one to watch out for. So, and I was talking to my mom that she, yeah, like my sister. I didn't know that she was having any kind of symptoms, but apparently she she was having like some blood in her stool and and some symptoms like that. 
Um, but the doctor just treated her for hemorrhoids. They didn't think anything of it. They just thought it was hemorrhoids. And so, so then there we were the next few years, you know, like it's crazy. But, so don't let yeah. it just be that. <laughs> oh, fascinating. Okay. This is, this is, this ties so well into the idea of raising awareness because you know, you could go to the doctor with the symptoms of colorectal cancer and the doctor will not screen you. That's something yeah. people really, uh, really need to be aware of. Yeah, exactly. So thank you. And yeah, of course. I, yeah, I, I just feel like it's very, if you see those signs, I think it's very, um, it would be who of you to say, no, I need to get screened. I feel that I need to get a screening for that. So, yeah. and even if it's not colon cancer, whether it's polyps, because, you know, there's things the polyps are what grow on the colon inside the colon that um, get agitated and then they they mutate and that's when the cancer can form. Um, so it's it's good to detect those those polyps early on. And if you detect it, you know, and if there is cancer found there, the colon cancer is actually really treatable. Um, as we, as we saw with my sister, oh. we thought, she, you know, she, we thought she had beat the cancer. Um, but it had, it had been there so long that it had, it had spread. Um, so if you can get on it early and find that early, it's, then you can prevent, prevent it and stop it from growing. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Devin, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to share um to well to be vulnerable with us yeah, frankly um <laughs> for our own betterment so that we can have uh, a better quality of life and be more educated um when it comes to pooping and yes. <laughs> speaking with our doctors <laughs> everybody everybody poops everybody poops <laughs> everybody poops <laughs> uh, yes really thank appreciate you to... it hey um yes thank you <laughs> oh and i just want to no say problem, like, plug what's your um speaker. what are your socials so people can follow you yes so um at devin r nielsen is my uh instagram handle so and nielsen is spelled n-e-i-l-s-o-n just remember e-i-e-i-o that's what my mom always says <laughs> uh to find me there um facebook just devin nielsen um and then yeah those are my two that i have currently so yeah. Awesome, Devin. Thank you. And thank you for being an advocate. Yes, thank you. And thanks to Cheeky Charity for raising Helping Raise Awareness as well. This is, it's awesome. I love what David's doing. So thank you. Agreed. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jerome. This has been so great. It's great to meet you. Great to meet you too. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time.